The Oklahoma Sooners are moving the needle with a five-star defensive line prospect. And, hey, they should be getting into the lead on another one. we got John Garcia here to talk to us about what's happening on the recruiting front for the Oklahoma Sooners on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And Josh, we just had a great recruiting weekend for the Oklahoma Sooners. A lot of big names in Norman this weekend. And we've got our man John Garcia here to talk to us about everything that transpired um, in Norman. So, John, how you doing? What's going on? I'm doing well. Uh, not as well as as Sooners coaches are feeling right now. It, it feels like there's four, five, six, seven kids in, in 24 alone that are on the verge. And most of them visited Norman this past weekend. So it just feels like a matter of when when that breakthrough happens. Is it just kind of like a, a dam moment, a waterfall dam moment? Like when one leak, one drop of water gets through, everything else uh, breaks through here for, for this class of, of 24 obviously a lot of big first-time visitors but really in this case in particular a lot of return visitors Williams and obviously the Hawkins uh, brothers uh, among the visitors that were able to, to get back to campus and everything seems positive kind of for everyone which is I guess dangerous to talk about because you know in this day and age things change so quickly with recruits and remember these are teenagers but it feels like everything was basically ideal other than grabbing a bunch of actual commitment this was sort of the next best step i think oklahoma furthered their relationship with a lot of these recruits and their families just as importantly well there have been some some future cast there's been some crystal balls put in people think that when area to oklahoma a commitment just judging by some recruiting experts opinions out there that perhaps that's imminent where does Oklahoma stand here in this uh, recruitment for arguably the, the best defensive lineman in this 2024 class? Well, you could understand why some would, would make that call. Um, I think it's a little early on that front only because there's still so many schools under considerations and we know Williams wants to get to the official visit window before making a decision. So he's, he's not quite at, the the descent of his recruitment just yet but look you're talking about a you know a midwestern kid who has now made multiple unofficial visits meaning on his own dime trips down to norman we knew the venables todd bates deal was good here but i think what's interesting about this past junior day a lot of positive comments coming out about miguel chavis and i think that's where you start to feel as a recruit like hey i'm a tangible priority because it's the head coach We've got position coaches. We've got other coaches. Everybody's on me. Like every layer of the staff is now courting me specifically. Um, and of course, there was a practice that went down while a lot of these recruits were on campus. So now you get that real feel where it's not just a, a coach pitching you and on the phone and on FaceTime and, and, and talking to mom really nicely. You're seeing him in action. So if there are any, if there are any elements of his coaching style now, that you don't like, 
you'll see it because the recruiting turns off when you get to practice, right? Oklahoma's got a lot of work ahead of it uh, going into 23. And this is one of the first practices, if not the first. So there's a lot of ground to cover in that regard. So if there were any, I don't want to say skeletons, but if there were any negative points from any of these coaches, Nawarni would have seen it and, and started to reciprocate that. No signs of that at all. It looks like every element of the Oklahoma angle is something that he is growing more fond of. But I'm not quite ready to, to pencil in the Sooners just yet, again, only because we know several schools are going to grab officials, if not five different schools are going to grab official visits. And there's obviously some heavy hitters on this list of, of, of developing favorites. And that's the other thing. He hasn't quite put him a list out himself just yet, at least a narrow list, you know, Colorado, Tennessee, Oregon, so many schools, Mizzou is still right there as, as the local school for him. It's not like they're going to go away at any point in this recruitment. So I do still think it's early to say, yeah, this is a done deal for Oklahoma, but there is no doubt from a momentum standpoint, because it looks like you're grabbing an official visit here. That's three trips from the number one defensive lineman well outside of the region. That's very tangible in terms of the impression and everything Williams has said about the visit on top of it has been glowingly positive. So uh, he could see the work being done and, and views the trajectory of this program as one that is pointed straight up beginning with that 2023 class. And he looks like he could be a headliner in 24 if he chooses to do so. I just don't think he's that close to ending the process based on uh, other intelligence that we're gathering there. Yeah, it's going to be one of those recruiting battles, even after a commitment, I think that will continue on until his signature is on the line. I don't think any of these schools, be it Oregon or Tennessee or Mizzou, Colorado, Oklahoma, will be satisfied with where his recruitment's at until they get that NLI faxed in uh, to him. So uh, it's going to be one to watch for the next nine months, really. Uh, but speaking yeah. of you know more guys that were you know, in Norman this past weekend, we had the Hawkins brothers. So we've talked a lot about Michael on this show over the last few weeks. You know, TCU obviously is a big player right now in his recruitment, but Malik Hawkins, his younger brother, got his official Oklahoma offer uh, over the weekend while also visiting in Norman. Um, we talked earlier in the week just about the kind of player that Malik Hawkins is and that even apart from Michael, it seems like he'd be a guy that would be highly coveted. Uh, even though his you know offer sheet's not very long right now. So things are kind of trending in a positive direction for him. Do we read into that too much or, or can we read into that thinking, okay, if, if things are going well for Oklahoma on the Malik Hawkins front, are things going well on the Michael Hawkins front? Well, you, you certainly feel good about it because both were in town together with family. I mean, that's always a good, good sign in general when you're, you're talking about recruiting uh, a pair of brothers simultaneously in different classes at different positions that's a lot to consider so you understand I guess the the hesitation if you will from Brent Venables and company towards offering Malik but once you do it it's game on at the same time so it really does work both ways and what's interesting about this evaluation from the OU side is he was on campus in January and, and the offer did not come through. So um, whether it was circling back and saying, hey, let's turn the page to 25 or whatever it is, I think that very much made it about him, which is very smart for Oklahoma because even before Michael makes his decision, I'm sure I haven't talked to Malik yet, but I'm sure most people who are talking to him are saying, hey, 
where's your brother going? Does that have an influence on you? It, just like the Peyton, Eli, Bowen deal. And that gets old. That gets old very quickly. So any way to individualize the recruitment is something that's positive. So you're not throwing out an offer super early or, hey, the first time he visits this year, let's just offer him just because. This is very strategic, in my opinion, for Oklahoma for the sake of individuality. And that's always what the younger brother is looking for, even if he wants to follow in Big Brother's footsteps. So the, the offer list is now coming together, as you mentioned, John, um, and I believe what Arkansas, TCU, a couple other schools already on there. Uh, now that OU has jumped in, um, you expect more schools to to follow thereafter. Uh, and then that becomes a timeline kind of deal. Just just a sophomore going to his junior season. So do you start to wrap things up as you ascend or do you wait? Um, so depending on what Michael does, I always expect him to come off the board first, although that timeline has also pushed. You feel good about Oklahoma's positioning for Malik individually. And then, of course, it, it only gets enhanced if Michael does follow through and pick the Sooners there in the end. Well, let's let's – Talk a little bit more about Michael Hawkins. Of course, John Garcia Jr. is our guest on this edition of Locked On Sooners. Want to hear about the the older brother and where you think things stand. But real quick, let me tell you, we're past the midway point of the NBA season. Here and now, it's the perfect time to download the FanDuel app. That's America's number one sports book where new customers, no sweat. First bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, so just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app where it's safe, secure, super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on. FanDuel.com backslash locked on to learn more. Make every moment make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so this uh, recruitment obviously has uh, – it's fluctuated. It's been fluid, I think, is a fair way to describe – maybe uh, our expectations uh, a month ago with Michael Hawkins to where they might be now. Where Where is Oklahoma at in this recruitment? Where is Michael Hawkins at in his recruitment? I think both are, are starting to apex together once again. It feels like it did at the end of the fall and maybe the beginning of the new year, uh, especially when that, uh, what was it, January 31st commitment date was initially put out there um, and everyone expected OU to, to be the pick before the combination of TCU's ascent and then coaching changes went down. Ditto for, for Arkansas. It, it's starting to kind of come full circle all the way back to the ball being in, in Oklahoma's court here. Some other 24 QB dominoes have fallen uh, simultaneously, which I think is important to note uh, in this recruitment, right? It, Hawkins has to keep an eye out. Look, his, his dad played, uh, he comes from big time pro programs. He knows the, the business end of the process, which which made sense relative to an early decision. But now that he's pushed things back, other dominoes uh, have fallen. I know we talked about Walker White being a big one the last time I, I was on with you guys, uh, and it still resonates. So um, I do think that Oklahoma's been able to kind of claw all back here, not that they're dropped off individually. Um, you know, the, the Venables and, and Jeff Levy combination is, is a pretty good one uh, from a quarterback recruiting standpoint. And obviously getting Michael back on campus was was huge. I mean, that was really kind of the glaring hole from a tangible standpoint. It was like, well, he's visiting everywhere else but Oklahoma. So you had to decipher, OK, was it because we know this relationship is so strong uh, and he didn't have to, or is was there more to read into? So I think 
the visits elsewhere helped us kind of push that that latter narrative. But now that he's come back to Norman, um, I do think things are going to start accelerating for him uh, once again. Uh, so I do think that's good news for Oklahoma, uh, just in general, because it's it's presenting, especially relative to offensive coordinators, it's actually presenting as the most stable option that he has uh, in terms of the message and that continuity, which is really kind of crazy to, to say out loud because this is second year staff, you know, going into year two. So that really is kind of a, a microcosm of, of the sport right now. Um, and, and quarterbacks uh, above most positions have to keep an eye on it and, and make sure. So I think the fluctuation elsewhere helped Hawkins push things back just to make sure. Um, but now it does feel like it's coming full circle, at least from a buzz standpoint. I know Michael himself has been pretty quiet, keeping things close to the vest. And again, you understand that strategy as well, because a lot has changed just in the last six months, both for him and his family personally, and obviously recruiting wise at the same time. Yeah, there's there's so much more going on or had been going on in his life that's just outside of football. And now it's okay. They found a home, they found a place to play. Now they can kind of settle back into the recruiting aspect of it and, and start to process a lot of that. So there's, you know, it's more than just, you know, a commitment right now. They've, they've gone through a lot as a family. So it's, it's understandable that there's a delay. It's understandable that they're taking their time on that front. An, another player that was in Norman is an in-state kid, the Oklahomans 2022 offensive player of the year, Xavier Robinson rushed for over 2000 yards out of Dell city, sorry, Midwest city. Um, a very intriguing player, somebody that wasn't really on many people's radars up until this past weekend when uh, you know he got the the future cast from Josh McQuistion over at Sooner Scoop at Rivals. So, John, just your understanding of him, what what he brings to the table, um, and where Oklahoma might stand because they've got a lot of running backs that they're really targeting in this class, and he could be another one. Yeah, I was. I just saw Stacy Gage on Sunday, and, and you know he's still Boomer Soonering every time. Every time we see him, even though a lot of schools want want him as well. But yeah, Robinson is is kind of in that line of you think of Oklahoma conventionally, and you think of a passing attack, explosive offense. But if you actually dig into the running back history specifically, you got some bruisers and some downhill stars com coming out of that backfield, and Robinson profiles that way big kid 6'2 215 or so um and the production was 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 head turning you know just a guy who's hard to bring down um to the point where everyone was getting the ball and it didn't matter when he was uh, a junior this past fall like you said well over 2,000 yards so he's become a kid who's just planted himself on that major radar at the very beginning of it it looked like probably just a, a bedlam battle Oklahoma Oklahoma State but Iowa State and, and some other programs have started to pick up with him. Um, so I think the timeline is going to be the key here. We just talked about it um, earlier with, with another prospect. Do you jump on board when you're comfortable or do, do you wait it out as your stock kind of rises? Um, and I think with Robinson, he, he's really got a two-way street, a true two-way street there. Um, OU or OSU isn't going to pull the offer if he doesn't pop you know, by, by May 15th. So I do think that he could push for the latter. And, and the last time I saw uh, some interviews with Xavier, he did talk about taking his time, taking official visits, and, and pushing his decision maybe into his season. So if that's the case, uh, all bets are off and it's pretty wide open. But conversely, if Oklahoma starts to push and say, hey, 
this is something you need to jump in on because of what you mentioned, so many running backs on the board, so on and so forth. If it comes from the OU side of it, you could see Robinson maybe saying, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Let me jump on and secure this spot because even though he's an in-state star, like you said, there's a lot of backs, and this is a great running back class. There's a lot of backs OU is pretty you know, high up on. So depending on their strategy and how much – they push i think the ball could be in oklahoma's court in this type of situation so the timing of, of robinson's words relative to ou's push will be fascinating to watch going forward but if it was up to the kid you, you got to think oklahoma's in a really great spot especially coming off of, of yet another visit recruiting expert extraordinaire mr john garcia jr is hanging out in the house with us here on locked on sooners so David Stone will remain one of the big storylines for Oklahoma until we get a commitment here, elsewhere, and probably even after, if there is an elsewhere, probably uh, even after that, right? He's one of the big storylines for Oklahoma. The, I don't know, maybe arch rival in this recruitment for Oklahoma is Michigan State, and all of a sudden David Stone's talking about sure. coaching changes at Michigan State. Where, uh, where – do you see this thing playing out now with coaching changes at Michigan State? How does that affect that? Is this advantage Oklahoma? What's your reaction to all of it? Yeah, I, I was surprised because, look, the, the coaching carousel in college has wound down a while back, but the NFL one is is never done this time of year. So plucking uh, Brandon Jordan from MSU was a big deal. Um, remember, when they got him, when, when Mel Tucker got him, that was sort of the signaling of, of Michigan State's push into the tr traditional Oklahoma recruiting territory, that, that sort of Texas to Oklahoma corridor. And, and David Stone is literally in the middle of that. So he had taken a bunch of trips and, and already had a rapport there. So naturally losing that guy who is quite literally known as a pass rushing specialist, losing that guy from a recruiting standpoint who, who made his own name and built his own brand – it's tough uh, because he was was really the 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 coach where you resonated with from from an, a rising standpoint. Uh, now he's just kind of risen too high for the college ranks. So yeah, I think the door's open, but it's kind of always been open for for David, right? Oklahoma's been the longstanding program that's always going to be in the mix. We we know that there's always going to be trips to Norman. That's always going to be home to him. So it's always been about who becomes that primary contender. So if anything this could help open the door for another school to come up and be that primary contender. Uh, the problem is he's such a well-traveled kid that it's hard to figure out who that school might be. Uh, Michigan State certainly you know, occupied that spot for a while. Now he said he's going to take an official to Wisconsin. He's trying to get back down to Miami. I mean, this thing is totally uh, wide open and all over the place. And, and you just mentioned the A&M visit he just took over the weekend it's a big deal too that's another return visit he tweeted that he loved it uh kind of being in the mix with the other elite d linemen because you know two cycles ago every elite d lineman signed there uh so being in that mix was something that he appreciated he wasn't the big fish in that pond so uh this is going to be fascinating and and long-standing like, like you said this is going to be one that even if tomorrow david wakes up and says hey i'm committing to oklahoma or wherever every other school is still going to push i would say in the same direction if not more to try to get stone on campus so when we do get some finality on those official visits we know wisconsin is one uh, i would venture to say michigan state's probably another so whoever those other three schools are that grab an official 
uh, along with Oklahoma, whether he takes one there or not, those will be the schools to really focus in on from David Stone's perspective. But yeah, this thing is is wide open, but but the Sooners are going to stay right in the thick of it. Even if it extends, I don't know, beyond signing day into into next spring somehow, Oklahoma will stay in the thick of this recruitment. Speaking of another Oklahoma defensive lineman that Michigan State is trying to encroach upon, uh, Zadavian Sims, you know, out of Durant, Oklahoma. It's a four-star guy that the Sooners are very high on as well. They're trying to get him locked up in addition to David Stone and Williams Winery. What are you hearing anything new on him? Because it does seem like it's it's Michigan State is again very heavily invested in you know plucking these top tier defensive line targets out of Oklahoma. Um, what does Oklahoma got to do to keep him, keep him keep you know David Stone in state? Yeah, well, you know, after last cycle and and the by Job scenario, yeah, this is a this is a, something that obviously Oklahoma wants to push back against as as much as possible. And, and I think the stability of, of the, the Bates-Chavis uh, duo, if you will, up front, uh, along with Venables, as again, a defensive-minded head coach, is going to help push against uh, some of that um, impression that MSU is making. And, and it includes the, the departure there. Sometimes luck is, is a part of this. It's a part of the circumstances in, in recruiting that, that folks uh, deal with. So I'd still be hard-pressed to see that continue, though. Um, I think – especially in the state of Oklahoma specifically, it just doesn't happen a lot. You know, there's, there's certain states, Oklahoma, Mississippi, going into Arkansas, there's certain states where you might grab one and have some success, but to continue it, especially with coaching turnover for any school is incredibly hard to, to maintain. So I, I do feel like um, Oklahoma's got a shot overall to bring in, I mean, let's call it now, this, this could be the program that brings in the best D-line class in the country this cycle. And two of those top targets are within state lines, which is rarely the case for Oklahoma on top of it. So I just think the priority level and the recent history of, of a big loss there is going to push Oklahoma to, to galvanize more resources to push against Michigan State or anyone else trying to, to pluck this type of talent. So I, I do think all of that momentum favors OU at this moment, especially relative to, to Michigan State. But look, Mel Tucker's a great recruiter. Uh, there's a great assistance on that staff uh, beyond the one who left. So you don't expect them to go away quietly uh, at the same time. John, we appreciate your time as always, man. Just one more, if I may. We know your time is precious. We got to get you out of here and, and on your way. OU related or not OU related, you, you know, take your pick on this. I'm just curious, generally speaking, what are the big recruiting storylines nationally you're following right now in the 2024 cycle? It's the official visit windows. We used to see when the spring officials came up, that was such um, a, a time frame where schools up north took advantage of bringing in southern talent because, hey, snow's melted and, and it's starting to warm up a little bit. Let's get these southern guys up for spring game and spring weekend official visits those numbers are plummeting. It feels like a lot of schools are pushing to the summer. I think the portal is the main reason to blame, especially because there's another portal window in the month of May and everyone's just trying to figure out what their own roster looks like without spending too many resources 
on on recruiting the next cycle. But yeah, kind of fascinated with that push. I think it's going to make uh, the summers a little bit more exciting from a recruiting standpoint and bring a lot of June verbal commitments. June is going to be the sleeper month to track in college football recruiting this cycle because the portal window in May is going to open and close right before it. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking at June as, as a busier month than we're used to in this industry. Uh, and then of course the quarterback dominoes, right? Well, where these guys are going to fall. It does seem like Dylan Rayola maybe taking longer as the number one QB than other folks expected is, is stunting some of the decision-making that is going down uh, at that, at the game's most important position. So I do think those dominoes yet to fall beyond Rayola will be fascinating. And Hawkins is in that group, right? That'll be fascinating to watch um, once Dylan does come off the board seemingly between Nebraska, USC and Georgia. And, and that old, that recruitment is fluctuating every weekend. It feels like so that that's a big fish to cover for everyone else so that the rest of the QB board could start to take shape. Well, John, thank you so much for all that wonderful insight. As always, we appreciate you taking the time to stop by and uh, let us know what's going on in Oklahoma recruiting. Appreciate it. Make sure you all follow John on Twitter at John Garcia underscore junior for all of his just sports knowledge and recruiting knowledge as well. Uh, John, until next time, thanks so much for stopping by. For Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams. We'll catch you next time. Boomer Sooner.